Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, you may notice our voices being, well, my voice specifically, being a little, uh... He's a sleepy uh, boy. I'm a sleep. I'm sleepies. He's a sleepy uh, boy. Yeah, we're recording this a little later in the, uh, uh, or earlier in the morning, instead of later in the afternoon, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances. Uh, namely Josh's uh, intestines. Um, I had to poop a lot, <laughs> a whole lot. That's fine though. Um, so uh, uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're um, still here, thanks. Yeah, after that little yeah. Uh, you almost said we'll, nugget, we'll, didn't you? And thought better of it. That's neither here nor there, Josh. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the if you're new to the podcast, um, what Josh and I do here is we watch two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, what have you, and we give our thoughts, impressions, and then give them a grade at the end. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Triple Frontier, a movie starring Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, yada yada yada. We'll get into that in a minute, um, and then the uh, sitcom on Netflix called Working Moms. Um, we're going to start off with Triple Frontier, but first, guys, uh, if, if you're listening to this on a, on a uh, platform that is not your normal platform or you want to listen to it on a different one, like let's say, oh, well, I heard about this on, uh, on YouTube and I want to check it out on iTunes. Well, we're there. Uh, we're actually on a lot of uh, platforms. Um, on our website, allcuedappodcast.com, you can see all of the links that will take you to your choice of podcast listening pleasure. Never thought I'd use that word describing our podcast, but here we are. Um, so, uh, uh, Josh, you want to get right into Triple Frontier? Sure, sure. Uh, this, this is a movie that actually has been in development hell since about 2010. Uh, originally, Tom Hanks and Johnny Depp had inner talks to be cast in this film. And they were going to start shooting in 2011. And it took that long. Uh, Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy were in talks to join it. Um, And eventually, they got Netflix acquired rights, and they got Ben Affleck, um, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, Pedro Pascal, and Oscar Isaac. And what it is, is these five guys, they play... uh, Former Special Forces operatives, uh, Santiago, a.k.a. Pope, that's Oscar Isaac's character, he is in private securities. So his company, it's uh, providing contract service for a government in South America. And he's been after a drug lord for a while. Finds out this drug lord lives out in the jungle, and he's got untold millions in his house. So he recruits his former friends, played by Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal, 
recruits them to go on a mission to invade this guy's home, take out the drug lord, and steal all the money. And in doing so, they unleash a chain of unintended consequences. Yeah. So, and unintended consequences is definitely the key to this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one of the big, like, themes of the film is, in, 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 in a sense, uh, the idea of, of, uh, I guess, I want to say losing your way sort of thing, like, uh, is I think it's Pedro Pascal. His character is uh, he's his character. He, he's the pilot. Um, his uh, no, okay. Then I'm thinking of uh, fuck. I'm thinking of the main character. Um, Oscar Isaac Pope. I saw Oscar Isaac. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Poe Dameron. Duh. Um, his character seems to have kind of lost his way with the whole thing with his sister and whatnot. Um. I think his, it was his sister. No, that was that was his informant, and he was sleeping with her, and he had a thing for her. Okay, okay, I, then I did miss that. Okay, my bad. Um, yeah, because that happened like early in the film when they revealed that information, and I, I completely right past me. I was like, okay. I mean, there's there was clear a relationship between them. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and in the raid that he goes on uh, in the opening scene of the film. Or the the opening action sequence, let's say, um, her brother is one of the people that get locked up. She's like, "My brother's locked up. You've got to get him out." And he's like, "I'll get him out, but you've got to do me a favor. You've been working for this guy for months. How do I get in?" And he starts putting together a plan on how to do recon to get intel on this fucking drug lord's house so they can. Basically, perform this big heist. Yeah. Now, Ben well, Affleck, you know, that's one of his best friends from the service. He is, uh, you know, living, uh, it, did it, was it Florida? I think it was Florida. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. He, he is trying to very unsuccessfully sell condos for a living. Uh, his code name was Red Fly. His name's Tom. Uh, he's 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 a very unsuccessful condo realtor. And then uh, Charlie Hunnam plays Bill Ironhead. Uh, he's a motivational speaker. He's talking about how his backstory, you know, how he's dealing with like PTSD and shit. Like, you know, we're programmed to think and act certain ways. You can't turn that shit off when you're back in civilian life. He's like, and I knew I had an issue when I was in the grocery store and this guy wouldn't get out of my way when I asked him to move his cart so I could grab a box of cereal. And the next thing I know, I have him in a chokehold and I'm about to take him out. <laughs> and I'm sitting well, there thinking, it's like, damn, I love me some Lucky Charms, but I've never done that. Well, that, and that's the point that I'm kind of getting at with like all these characters, other than uh, the yeah. main character, was that it's it, it, they they all seem to be having major issues. And yeah, yeah, uh, Ironhead's brother Ben, he's a MMA fighter, and you know that's what he does for a living. And then there's Catfish, uh, he's the the pilot. He's uh, lost his pilot license because he got caught with cocaine. Um, yeah. So 
these guys, you know, they're not doing so great out in civilian life. And Oscar Isaac's like, I loved working with these guys. I need a team. I need a team of five. And he goes to them. And he's like, I'll pay each of you 17 grand a week, or 17 grand for one week. Come down, do a recon with me. And if you want to stay in, we can make millions. And that's, uh, you know, everybody, they, they, they go down, they check it out. And Ben Affleck, he was just wanting to do the recon and just go home. And he's like, man, you got, he's like, your daughter's got college coming up. She's 15. You're struggling. You know, you need this money. This money can change your daughter's life. He's like, this money could change all of our lives. So he talks them into it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really, I, the, uh, the planning session, it's just like, man, this seems too easy. They're carrying this out way too easily. Well, it wasn't just, it wasn't, I don't know, for me, for me, I guess it's kind of hard to, to, to review something and, anyway. A lot of the early moments of this film seem very much heavy on the idea of what, like, PTSD does to somebody, what um, extended, uh, like, or, or basically how our country treats our vets, and, and I was like, okay, that's a great message. And then it mm -hmm. just dives into something completely different. Something completely uh, uh, not what I was expecting. No, no, I don't think it was ever intended to be, you know, that. Uh, you know, uh, this it was intended to be this movie about everything. The shit just goes sideways on them. Yeah, uh, and 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 that's fine because I don't mind watching a heist movie where shit goes sideways. But it took so long to get there that by the time it did, I didn't care that much. Mm. Um, I was like, I know that we're de developing these characters because what they're about to go through is gonna is gonna matter. Yeah. But it just seems so, I don't know if obtuse is the correct, correct term, I just didn't, I didn't connect with it like I think they wanted me to. Hmm. There's this whole scene where um, Oscar Isaac's character is sitting in the car in, in Ben Affleck's truck, and so is Ben Affleck's daughter. Yeah. And there's this whole scene where he goes inside to get beer. And while he's in there, uh, Oscar Isaac is, is talking to his daughter about like who he is and She's just like, she kind of reveals something about him, and 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 I just kept thinking like, why why am I being told this? As 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 the viewer, why why do I care about this? Like, how does this affect me? How does this affect the 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 uh, length of the story? Like, will it will it matter in the end? And is this being like? way too telegraphed, quote-unquote, if you catch my drift, Josh. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it was. It in, was a way, really... in a way, it was. Yeah, I agree. So just like that, that's kind of where, where I sit with this. Like, I really wanted... I'll, I'll give the movie this. It's really well acted. It's really well uh, structured and, and performed to an extent. 
Yeah. I think that once once the heist starts happening, the movie kind of definitely gets better. Oh, fuck yes. It almost feels like the heist was written first, and then the rest of the film was. Um, well, you know, I can see that. I, I can see that, definitely. I mean... <laughs> it just felt like the, the, the character development was, a, was an absolute afterthought, so... Yeah, and what they what they were given to work with, I think they did a really good job on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see these guys, they're not doing well after, you know, 20 years of service these guys have put in. And, you know, these are special forces, former special forces operatives, so they really know how to do their jobs and do them fucking well. And you're dealing with, yeah, okay, this guy, Loreo, he may be this drug lord, but he lives in a house, and yeah, it's got some security, but it's nothing nothing major when you got, like when they did this scouting. They're like, oh, well, it's a good thing he's extremely religious. This guy never leaves his house, never leaves his money. You know, they said the house is the safe. He doesn't trust banks, but every Sunday, like clockwork, he sends out two teams of guards and his family, and the guards guard his family while his family attends Mass, because they're Catholic. Uh, and so it's just him and a handful of guards left behind. So these guys, they're like, that's when we do it. And they right. make short work of everybody, and they do it all right, and they find all this money. The money is actually hidden in the walls of the house. Well, that was that was something for me that was really interesting. Was I was watching this with my dad, and and my dad's like, my dad whispers like, "How are they? Like, where's the money at? Like, where are they going?" I was like, "Dad, the safe is the house." And he was like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "It's in the walls." And he mm-hmm. goes, "How do you know?" And I was like, "Because they kept telegraphing that. They kept saying it over and over and over." And he was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." They said it like eight fucking times. And he was like, "He was like, oh okay." And then like literally two minutes later. The re- the revelation hits them, and I was like, I, he was like, I don't know how you saw that coming. I was like, when they that, say something like that, the house is the safe two or three times, and then one of them mutters it to himself and punches a wall. You kind of figure it out. <laughs> well, in in that uh, even and that's before the, then, but yeah, that's another big issue that I have with this movie is that the twists and ch- turns were like it, it's like. <sighs> It's like someone walked past you and was like, hey, I'm going to hook a ball right at your head. And then walked away for like 20 feet and then threw the ball. Like, that's how this movie felt. It never felt like it was tr- it, it went out of its way to make content. Sorry, content, Jesus Christ. To make the story feel like it wasn't... Like I was, I wasn't gonna be surprised. There was actually only one moment that I was like, "Oh wow, okay," um, and it wasn't even in the way that I think they intended. So I'm, I'm gonna talk spoilers for a minute because I, it's, it's hard to describe what the fuck I'm talking about without spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie, fast forward the podcast, maybe turn off the podcast, go watch the movie, come back, yada yada yada. But, um. Early in the film, like I said, they they really drive home the like the state of life that Ben Affleck's character is living. He was forced to retire. He hasn't been the same. 
you know, his brain just doesn't quite work without, like, a gun in it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And given the opportunity to do this, he's just kind of like, I didn't know we were going to be committing a crime, which they technically are. And yeah. Well, um, they were sold on the fact, Oscar Isaac sold them on the fact that, yeah, the government's going to let us take 25% of anything. They're going to work with us. And then they get down there, he's like, why do we have to tell the government anything? We can do this ourselves and keep it all. Right. And that's um, where the real conflict came into play. And that, to me, is very, very much written. And then there's other parts, like, later when they get to the, they get to the quote-unquote, safe house. And he's the one who's like, he just keeps doing these things over and over and over that are leading to, like, he's gonna die. Like, there's gonna be a moment in this movie where he has a, quote-unquote, surprise death. I, I saw honestly, that coming. I honestly expect them all to not end up making this movie, you know, making it to the end. I was thinking to be fair, to be fair, die. I did ex- I did expect at least two more of them to die, but Benefleck's the only one that ends up dying. How he died, I was not expecting. Yeah, yeah, that was just I was like, huh? They did it there, huh? You know, and I was thinking yeah. it was everybody, but yeah, when, when they're in the house and they find the money. His greed takes over. You know, he's like, we've got 40 minutes, hard out. Well, his greed is, is the problem and, with the film. Yeah, exactly. And he, his eyes, just like when they see all this money, they're like, okay, we've got 18 100-pound bags. He's like, get some more bags. We can get more of this. Go, go, go. And they're like, 40 minutes. That was a hard out. We're at 40 minutes. He's like, well, I padded it 12 minutes because it takes... uh so many minutes there, so many minutes to unload, so many minutes back. I was like, we got seven more minutes and give ourselves a five-minute head start. Go get more bags. We got seven more minutes we can work with. And while they're doing that, when they're when they're doing one final sweep for the drug lord, because he's not there, they're like, this guy's a ghost. He actually has a panic room that's hidden behind an armoire, and he comes out of it shooting. And shoots one of the guys, and then they end up just having to kill everybody, and then they set the house on fire and burn it down. So shit's already gone, starting to go sideways. They've packed this van full to the gills with bags of money. So when they get to their extraction point, uh, they wait it. And they're like, there's at least 6,000 pounds of cash there. And the helicopter's like, well, that's no problem. That helicopter can carry 9,000 pounds. And the pilot's like, that's 9,000 pounds at 2,000 feet. We've got to get across the border into Chile. We've got to go over the Andes. That cannot take that much weight at that altitude. They're like, it'll be fine. So they've and got like character even says like you want to leave fifty million behind and he's like you want to leave two hundred two hundred million dollars on this fucking runway for them to have it. I thought it was no, it I thought was, it was fifty million because it was they had fifty million, million in total. the cargo hold and it was two hundred million on the fucking cargo net they were carrying below. I thought uh, uh, it, I thought it, it was only either way it was two hundred fifty million dollars total is what they had had yeah, estimated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what what I remember in the scene was that it was two hundred fifty million. Ben Affleck says you want to leave fifty million on this runway. Uh, Pedro Pascal just kind of goes, uh, "All right, she'll make it." And uh, 
and then trying to go over the Andes, it fucks up. They crash yeah. land. Like, they, they drop a ton of money on the way trying to get over the Andes. It doesn't work. Uh, the plane's, like, gear system breaks or stalls out or yeah. whatever. They yeah. crash. They crash in a, uh, in a little village, and uh, they had to drop. They had to drop the load, like, in the middle of the village, and then they, they crash. They go to pick up the load, which is where all the money is. And the villagers and, are trying to take it all, and they're like, hey, this is our land. Yeah, but that's our property, moment. and I was like, it's our land, and then they ended up killing a few of the villagers, because well, the villagers were armed. Like, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just them, it was Ben Affleck that pulled the trigger first. Like, his greed got the better of him in that scene. Yeah. And... But it's... They get that... But because of that, like, that's why because, he ended up dying. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, they, they take out, I don't know, what, four or five villagers? And then yeah. they get everything calmed down, and then they're like, we need some of your mules, and they're like, here's $200 cash for your mules, and here's a million for each of the family. So they left them several million dollars. And you're like, we're very sorry about what happened. And they're leaving, and there's this one kid, he's just staring at him, he's like, I'm not letting this motherfucker out of here. And the old man, he's like, no, these men have paid their debts, let them go. And then it's just, phew, dude, that scene when they've got, when they're going up this smuggler's trail on the side of this mountain with these donkeys and that fucking one donkey, it just loses its footing and the fucking ground gives way. And you see this donkey and like 20 bags of fucking cash just plummeting to the, oh God, that was brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a lot of that, that shot from the village to the extraction point to the to the boat to the beach a lot, yeah a lot of that was trying to dissect these characters yeah um and as much as i appreciated that it just it felt it felt like padding to a film it felt like a like an idea an outline to a script was written and then they just were padding the shit out of it and um I don't know, man, like, I don't want to shit on the film, I don't want to say that I hate it, but, no, not hate it, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to make it come across that it's not a decent film, Mm-hmm. but, uh, I definitely, like, it there. definitely felt like to me it was, it was a, it was an idea that other people then jumped in on and were like, we gotta make it this and we gotta make it that, I don't know. Like I run through the film in my mind and and I and I and I look at like what it had and didn't have and I don't know man like I know what I want to say and I'm trying I'm saving it for the re, for the the overall I'll just go ahead and go on into it Okay Go ahead and give so it a lo- grade <laughs> uh, A lot of this film to me felt uh uh, uh half-assed and what I mean by that is the story didn't really flow like I think they wanted it to. Um, a lot of the characters didn't have the development that I think they deserved. And uh, it was really concentrated on Ben Affleck and um, uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac's character. But if you look at other heist movies, sure, you have you know centralized characters, but every other character has their kind of quirk about them that makes them fun. These characters didn't have that. And I don't mean fun as in like a, you know, 
uh, Ocean's Eleven or uh, Twelve or whatever kind of scenario, or even a Fast and the Furious scenario. I'm talking about in the sense of of them uh, just not having great character development. Um, you know, Pedro Pascal's character is a is a pilot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Hunnam's character is uh, he's a guy who got shot in the leg. He got, like shot, just he got shot in the stomach, actually. Oh, you're right, you're right, my bad. Yeah, yeah, shot in the stomach. Um, so it just didn't feel like anything was substantial about them. And then, and then later in the film, when they're in the Andes, I guess they're the Andes, but they're, they're, they're basically trying to get to the beach. There's a moment where they're, they have to keep warm, and they have to burn something, and they end up burning the money. A, and it's a, a weird- chunk of it, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, some of the money, not all of them. Not by a long shot, all of them. And this is after they've lost the mules, and here they are. They've still got about 30 or 40 bags of cash. And, you know, each of these bags weigh 100 pounds, roughly. So they're trying to move it all, and they're moving it like a couple hundred yards at a time between the five of them. And then one gets killed. Um, And now they're trying to move all those bags with four of them plus a body. Uh, <laughs> That's it's, fucked it's, up. Yeah, yeah. So the scene that I'm talking about where it shows them burning the money or freaking out over the dead body or things like that just didn't hold the weight that I think they wanted it to because let, let me put it this way, Josh. If you really want to drive home or have the significance of a death or the significance of something happening in your story, the characters reacting to it, you want those characters to have something there for the audience to attach to. The only character that they really concentrated on in that regard was Ben Affleck's character. So when he dies and the other characters kind of have that like fist, like fist fight for like a minute, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have the emotional connection to I don't I don't feel what they're feeling because the the movie didn't allow me to do that. So that's that's my issue. That's my biggest problem with this film is it really it tells its story in a very strange way that I was just like, "All right, I'm just watching these guys do a thing and it's fucked up and it's fucking up." Okay. And um I think because of that because it felt like it was Two entirely different stories mashed together. Uh, I feel like they they it, it it had two hours to do so much stuff and it didn't. It just didn't. So I think because of that. Um, but you know I will say that the 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 positive angles, like I said, are the acting is really good, the cinematography is great. The, I mean it looked it looked really fucking pretty. Um, very clever clever uh, uh, angles on, like, different scenes that they were in would have different color tones, and that's I love that kind of shit. Uh, so, yeah, I think with all that, you know, I give it a solid C+. See, I enjoyed it much better than that. Um, I didn't have that disconnect, you know? I, I didn't have that problem. Um... I see what they were going for. And you got to think, too, you know, these guys are portraying career soldiers. 
they're not going to react in certain situations the same that a normal person like you or I would. Um, and, and the fight that you were talking about between the two brothers, the one was blaming the other one. He's like, if you hadn't have been fucking, you know, we've been cold camping with no fires, not to give our position away. Hadn't been for you, he wouldn't have gotten killed. And they're like, fuck you. That wasn't my fault. His greed's what got him killed. And then the other, uh, Oscar Isaac's like, well, that was the kid from the village. He'd been tracking us for days. He was out for him and him alone, not us. Uh, Josh, I I understand all that. Yeah, yeah. I totally get all that. It it didn't do anything. It didn't have the resonance that they wanted it to because... Well, not with you, but it did with me. I'm just saying, you know, that scene, I was like, man, that sucks. That scene hit me hard, man. <clears throat> uh, that, that's interesting. I I had no connection to that scene whatsoever. Like, I was like, okay. I, I get why they're doing this. I get why this is happening, but I haven't had enough time with these characters to give a shit. Yeah, well, you know, with me, I was just like, fuck, that sucks. Because the last words he said to his daughter... You know, he drops her off at school right before he's leaving. He's like, love you. And she looks at him. She's like, I miss you, Dad. And, you know, boom. That's the last time she ever sees him, ever hears anything from him. And he's doing this because he genuinely wanted to change her future. And he did. But not in the intended consequences. You know, and in the end, they end up having to dump so much of the fucking money, they can only carry out what they can put in their day packs. In the end, they only end up with a million dollars, like 1.2 million apiece. Um, and they all just decided to leave it to his, his daughter in a trust fund so she can go to college and it couldn't change her future. Uh, you know, that's, that was some powerful stuff to me. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I'm not going to say it was great, but I thought it was pretty well done. So I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that there's, you know, like you said, like with you, you're, you know, you, you found it a bit more. I just, I knew what they were going for. I knew what they were trying to do. It just, it, I didn't, I didn't find that, uh, that resonance that I think that they, so, um, that's fine. You know, we're not always going to agree on everything. Uh, no, no. Uh, guys, uh, just so you know, um, uh, where was I going to go with that? Oh, we have a, we have a new show. If you haven't heard, um, if you've been watching the, or listening to the, uh, review show, um, we appreciate that. But, if you want to know more about Josh and I, what we go through our daily lives, our opinions on other things, films, video games, yada, 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 uh, we have a new show called Uninhibited, where uh, Josh and I just basically bullshit for an hour to an hour and a half. <laughs> and I like it. It's a lot of fun, you know. Uh, we really look forward to doing this show, and we've been doing it, you know, every two weeks for like a year and a half now, and it's just like, I kind of want to do something every week because we have so much fun doing this. But we didn't want to do review shows specifically every week because that just would leave us no time for other things that we enjoy. So, you know, that's why we did the uninhibited thing. And we've done three now, and uh, next week there will be our fourth one. So it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it's uh, what did we talk about last week? Totally forgot. Uh, the road trip I went on uh, to the wedding. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Captain Marvel and how the hate against it was totally unjustified, and what we how we felt Shazam was going to do, and a little comic book talk, uh, spe- specifically X Men comics and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good time. Um, the the one of the big things that we really want to try to do or implement with uh, Uninhibited is if. Uh, if you, the audience, want Josh and I to discuss a topic, you have a question first you want us to answer. Any of those kind of things. Uh, we have a Facebook discussion group you can join. Uh, we, we have social medias that you can, that you can uh, follow us on. Um, and we have an email. All of those are perfect vehicles to contact us. And um, let us know your questions. Let us know what, uh, what you want us to talk about. Uh, we're more than happy to... Uh, we're two, you know, white guys on the internet who have a podcast. Of course, we're going to give our opinions on things. It's just the nature of the beast. That's mostly a joke. Um, I hope you enjoyed the joke. Yeah, we'll be here all night. Anyway, no, he won't. he's uh, going to go to work in an hour and a half. <laughs> all right, all right, sit down, Josh. I am sitting, sitting, sitting down. down. <laughs> Not always sitting down. But, uh, I have legs. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely something we want we want your guys' uh, opinion on when it comes to that sort of thing. And we're always looking for guests. We're you know, like we we also started uninhibited not because Josh and I wanted to do a second show and all that kind of stuff, but it's really hard to get guests on this podcast because the 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 um one of the entry fee is so big. Yeah, one <laughs> of the one of the caveats that we set if you want to come on and talk about the show with us, you had to see what we're going to be talking about. It's kind of hard to contribute to a discussion where you don't have any knowledge about the topic at hand, any experience with it. Um, right. But yet, here we are still putting out a show anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's... it's. But yeah, so so if you want to be a guest on Uninhibited, drop us a line, let us know. Um, we're more than happy to figure out your time schedule and, and record an episode with you. All right, so yeah, with that being said, uh, let's move on to Working Moms. Josh, would you love to give the uh, lovely people a uh, synopsis, please? How dare you assume their appearance? <coughs> hey. um, <laughs> I could call them lovely if I want. I mean, want. there could be some slovenly ones out there. No judgment from me. But anyway. I suppose? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, basically the premise for this show, and it was before I get into the premise of the show, the show creator is also the lead in the show, played by Catherine Rotman. She plays the character Kate. Hmm. Catherine Rotman is the brother of Jason Rotman. Their father is Ivan Rotman. The director, okay. yeah, and Jason, he's going to uh, direct the new Ghostbusters movie, and uh, okay. so you know she's uh, she's created her own show and doing her own thing, and I'm like, you know what? Cool. That that's cool. That they've kind of kept that whole career in the family, but uh, yeah, working moms. It's set around four women. Very different women in their 30s, and they're all working mothers and friends that 
pretty much the way every episode starts. They start with a mommy and me group where they meet with other single with other working mothers and their babies and discuss issues. And then the rest of the show revolves around basically them trying to balance their jobs and family life, love lives, uh, in modern-day Canada, uh, Toronto, Canada, actually. Hey. Side, side note, side note. I figured, like, I completely somehow missed that it that took place in Canada. Really? And it wasn't until, yeah, it wasn't until a specific episode where um, one character calls the other, like, the whore of Toronto, and I was like, Oh, this takes place in Canada? <laughs> well, I mean, the one character, she was up for that job in Montreal, and she was really excited about getting it, and then they're like, well, Montreal's a six-hour drive away, what? You did not pick up on that. I was just like, oh, it's in Montreal, no biggie. Like, didn't think anything of it, just part of the show. Yeah, it wasn't until someone called somebody the whore of Toronto, or the slut of Toronto, or something like that, that I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, here we are. So, which is late into the show, if you remember, it's like episode like fucking nine or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when uh, the one girl's coworker that she used to hang out with, the fun coworker who was kind of promiscuous, um, when she was having the like wanting to step out on her husband, you know, kind of entice others to see what she could do. Yeah, that I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean, the show the show has an interesting uh premise to it. Uh, uh it's it's uh definitely in the wheelhouse of a sitcom. Mhm. Everything is everything is designed and written <clears throat> to be on network TV almost. Um well, it's actually it a, it's actually a series in Canada. But it's been, you know, it's it's in its third season up there. But, of course, we don't have access to it here, so that's why we've discovered it on Netflix. Really? I didn't know that until after the fact. Huh. Yep. All right, well, that's a thing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the show The show does a, an excellent job of, like, dividing up the comedy with its, like, serious nature. Mm-hmm. Um... I would argue that it rivals some of the best dramedies. Like, the funniest moments to me, Josh, the funniest moments to me were not the situational parts. The moments where they're just, you know, standing, talking, uh, like there's a, a scene being played out. The funniest moments to me are the the mommy and me groups. Oh, God, yeah. Well, hell, the very opening scene of the fucking show. Is uh, three of the four, they're sitting there comparing their, their boobs after childbirth and breastfeeding, and they're sitting there comparing them all and looking, them da- looking down at them and like, oh, yours are fine. Oh, no, I don't like this. Oh, no, yours are great. And, and all these other women that are in this group, they're like, hey, can you put your tops back on? You're not even breastfeeding. And the one's like, oh, I just wanted to air out. It looked comfortable. <laughs> that kind of yeah. shit, man. It just got me. It was funny as hell. My one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes entirely, and I'm spoiling the fuck out of it because I don't care. It fucking had me in tears. It was one mom was like, I feel really bad because I used the c word on my son. Yeah. And the woman goes, What what c word? And the main character goes, 
cunt. She called her son a cunt because let's be honest, kids can be a little cunt sometimes. Yeah. And I'm the other mom was like, can't. Yeah. I used to use the word can't. Yeah. And another mom says, we can't use the word can't. And the leader of the mommy me group is no. And we're also not supposed to use the N word. And uh, the dumb mom goes like, like the N word, N word. And the black mom goes, no. <laughs> and then the leader goes, right. We're not supposed to use the word no. And then the redhead goes, so let me get this right. We can't use can't or no, but cunt and the N word are still on the Yeah. <laughs> that shit was funny, Fucking man. Lost my mind. It was so goddamn good. Yeah. Um, and, those, uh, you know, it always opens with those little groups, and that's where the best comedy comes in. But you know what? The There's still situational things that are funny throughout the show, but I thought this show was pretty well done for what it is, you know? I, I it. Loved was it was very like, enjoyable. That's, that's, I I started, the show started off, and I and I was like, okay, you know, it's not, there's nothing really here for me. There's nothing really, like, kicking it off for me, but... uh. After after a while, like, I started really giving a shit about these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really worried about that. Like, there's there's a mom, there's a, a lesbian couple in mm-hmm. the show, and they're raising a son, and or is it a daughter? Daughter. Daughter. Uh, they're raising a, they're, they're, it's an infant. Just to clarify, the daughter's an infant. Yeah. Well, you um, know, I think all actually, of the, yeah, all of them like in this group have children under an one. Infant. Now, like the one, the redhead of the therapist, she has a nine-year-old daughter, and then like the one-year-old little boy. Right, right, and that's that's the point I was getting at. Was like I think, have mm-hmm. but there's different varying levels of them being, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, where was I? Uh, oh, so yeah, so each of them going through their different like little things about being a mom. Like, it really, really, really resonated well. I think, like I said, the, the lesbian couple, you know, I don't... Post, postpartum depression. This show does an excellent fucking job of showing what postpartum depression actually mm-hmm. is and how it can affect you, even if you didn't actually give birth to the kid. It it has a resonating effect with your psyche, and this did a fucking perfect job of showing that. Like she's not suicidal, but she is fantasizing her death, and that's not really great. Um, but on the other hand, her 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 partner. Um, I was gonna say her wife, but I was like, I don't, I, I don't know that that's the. Right I don't know. I don't think they're technically married. Uh, okay. Yeah, Fair I don't enough. think they were technically but married, but because at her one partner. point she calls her my girlfriend, and then another point she's like, "Do you want me to be your wife?" You know, because I don't know if I can handle being that because you know dealing with her postpartum and her depression and everything. Yeah. So, um, but her yeah so so uh. She's being too uh, neglectful. She does um, not what, want to let the baby out of her shot for an instant. Yeah, and that's and that's a big thing to show between a couple. Like, if if one of the people is having those issues with postpartum, 
and the other person just isn't paying attention, that can cause more problems. That can cause more strife. Absolutely. They do an excellent job of showing that in a very dramatic sense, but also then in the same turn, like making you laugh. Yeah, especially the payoff of how that, well, at least the one payoff about the neglect part. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually was like, uh, I was so invested in their in their relationship that that scene right after the um, therapy session where they're basically like, you need to have an intimate moment with each other. You need to put the baby down, maybe in the same room, if you're so worried about it, and have an intimate moment. And they put the baby in the crib. They put a blanket over like part yeah, of the crib. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she can see us. And then she's like, I'll fix that. She threw the blanket over it. And then she's like, can she breathe in there? I kept literally saying out loud, Josh. I was just like, "Nope, nope, nope." Pay attention. Pay attention to your co- to to your partner. Mm-hmm. Like you wanna, you wanna, you wanna give that you know attention there. Like I know you care about the baby, but you know your guys' relationship is at risk right now. Like that's all I kept thinking, and I kept saying it out loud because, like, again, I was invested. Like it's very strange to me to be invested in a a, a sitcom about moms. It was like they did such a good job at, at making me care about these characters. Well, they're well written. Like I can't very I can't, well written. That's that. Yeah. You know why they're yeah, well they're written? Re- because they seem so real. It's like, damn, right. you know, uh, the the it, it was so well done. And uh, well, another big aspect is like, and I really enjoy this is that even though these four characters are the main characters, and they're having relationship issues, they're having. Work issues, uh, parenting and parenting issues. issues, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was never like, they're the perfect character, and they can do no wrong. The show really drove home that, like, yes, as their partners are part of the problem, they themselves are also part of their Yeah, problem. I mean, they, they are acknowledged, you know, flawed characters, as is any one of us, you know, in real life. We all have our flaws. And that's what I love. One of my favorite things that they did was you found out early on, uh, Anne, the redhead, the therapist, she discovers she's pregnant again, less than a year after having this newest, this newest baby. You know, she's got a nine-year-old already. Now she's got uh, an infant and now she's pregnant again. She's like, no, I can't do this. I can't have this. And her husband's excited. But he doesn't bring in money like she does, and, you know, she works part-time, and they're struggling <coughs> with this decision, and they talk about abortion. And yeah. I think they... Oh, that was uh, that was something I was not expecting for the show. Like they... Yeah, they really went into that hard. They're like, what, what, what do we do here, you know? What are the pros? What are the cons? Let's talk about this. Let's weigh it out. And it was handled very well, and it wasn't it wasn't handled in this kind of oh no, that's murder. You can't discuss it. No, they dealt with this like any yeah, struggling cause... couple would deal with this. And yeah. and you know it's like, and then he's like, you know, it's. <sighs> Let, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's get through this. And, you know, ultimately, it's yeah, he had ultimately right. it's down to, you know, the woman's 
choice ultimately, of course. Well, but and, and of he course, did, when he did have a, he did have every right to be upset that she didn't include him. Yeah, yeah, uh, and she realized that. But at the same time, he was just like, "I'm not going to force you to go through with this if you don't want to." If you right. and she's having right. she's having yeah. medical issues, and you know she wants to work. She doesn't want to be on bed rest, and she's having medical issues, severe medical issues, early on. She's struggling. She's struggling to make this relationship with her daughter work, and she she she's having she's having a lot of issues trying to move that forward. And the baby, she feels the problem. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very like you said, very well handled. Um, one thing about this show, though, that does like it does deal with these harsh topics, which is fucking fantastic. But what it does. Is it still makes it still lets you know like life is messy but also kind of funny and and when the main character takes Anne to the uh abortion clinic, there's this hilarious moment right after like she's like, Hi, I'm here for I'm here just to to uh get an abortion or something like that and she's like, That's not how this works. Like you can't just come in and do that. You have to schedule an appointment, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> so she schedules an appointment. And then uh, the woman, the main character, she has her infant with her, and she's holding them, and she's like, is it okay if I bring this in here? Yeah. And she's, yeah. Talk, she's talking about her baby. And it fuck, it was so fucking funny because, because yeah, it would kind of be fucking awkward to bring a infant into an abortion clinic. Yeah. Like, I totally see how that would be awkward, and it was just really well handled in that in that sense of comedy. Oh, I agree. So I that was, was I, funny as hell. But, uh... Oh, sorry. <sighs> yeah, I... I, Yeah, it was... Sleepy boy. I just wasn't expecting... Well... For me. Um, I just wasn't expecting to... Not, like, not only have this much fun with the show, but also... Uh be this invested with these characters. Mm-hmm. That was a major surprise for me. I was like, oh, shit, like, I actually give a shit about these characters. Like, all right, here we go. Like, this is the thing now that I'm having in my life. So, um, should we give a grade? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I know you got to get to work in just over an hour, so. Uh, yeah, why don't, you go, why don't you go ahead and go first? Great. I'm going to give this show, uh, uh, I'm going to give this show an A-. minus. Um, I you know I thought it was it's thirteen episodes they're about twenty five minutes apiece, very entertaining, well written characters. Um, you know what I'm just gonna give it a straight A, not 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 a not a not a minus a solid A. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I love how they dealt with <laughs> real world issues. Um, and. You know, Kate dealing with returning to the workplace on her maternity leave after nine months, that should have tipped you off that it wasn't in America then, because here they only get six weeks and it's unpaid. <laughs> there, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of like, oh, this should have told you then. Yeah. I pick up. Yeah. Canada, man. <clears throat> All about their health care system. I wish we had it here. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I just, I love how they dealt with the whole, oh, well, you're 
a mother now. Don't you have to be home by bath time or whatever? And she's really wanting to make her career work. And, you know, people are kind of condescending towards her because now she's a mom. And, you know, she's really put in all this time into her career. I love how it dealt with that shit and how she wants to be this career woman. Uh, but, you know, she also has to, she has to come to terms with, shit, I'm also a mom, too. And there's sometimes I have to put my kid before my career. And she finds that out. And it's just like, damn, uh, you know, that I like seeing situations that normal people go through you know portrayed so well and so well done and that's you know uh, uh, smart writing uh very funny um very uh very serious at times it does everything well uh kudos to them yeah they can they um you know what i i think i mirror almost everything you said uh um like i said for me it, i was not I guess I just wasn't expecting to enjoy the show that much. Like when we were talking about shows to pick up, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm looking at all these Netflix shows and I'm like, I don't know about this one. I don't know about that one. And I think you were just like, no, oh, there's a sitcom called Working Moms. I was like, yeah, I looked at that, but I don't know if I want to see that. And you were like, it looks like it could be good. Hey, I said, I said so well, the title of one's Tricky Nipple. I was like, just because it's called Tricky Nipple, I think we should watch this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm glad you did, dude, because I, I, thoroughly fucking enjoy this show like like i said it's it's super rare for me to kind of be that invested and uh that um into whatever i'm watching and oh man i just i really i'm i'm so happy that you said that there's three seasons of this show because i know that we're going to be getting it for netflix like Mm -hmm. there's no reason for netflix to not pick up this show so i'm 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 super happy that that's a thing and uh um, yeah, I, I really well-rounded characters, realistic characters, realistic settings, but also really fucking solid comedy writing, uh, really solid, uh, uh, story structure for these characters, each of them being different enough to where you don't feel like you're watching the same story with different characters each time, uh, really smart, um, uh, ways to handle these problems without it seeming ham-fisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and realistically, none of the, 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 a lot of the problems don't get necessarily solved. They're just handled better because they're out in the open now, like situations like that. It's just, it's very smart. Very, very smart. Like I, I highly recommend it. If you like sitcoms in every, even the slightest way, I definitely recommend it. It's super funny. And I, I think I said something to myself. I was like, wow, this show is rivaling like the, the realistic, like, notes of of uh this is us mm-hmm. but with a a much more like funny tone which i appreciate so um but yeah definitely check it out i give it an a as well sorry i thought i said that earlier oh, that's not, okay. but yeah i give it an a as well cool um well i think the only reason i give it an a and not an a plus even though i'm you know talking it up so much is because um the last like two episodes weren't as like good as the rest of the show uh and i mean that in the sense of like i wasn't as like my attention was kind of not completely on it 100 percent. so but that's fine you know not everything in the show is going to be 100 percent. so that's fine all right 
but yeah, uh, guys, that'll do it. Um, join us next week for Uninhibited, where Josh and I again will talk about whatever the hell we want, or let us know what you want us to talk about. Yep. Uh, the next review episode, which will come out on the 5th of April, will be on uh, Love, Death, and Robots, which has been on Netflix for a hot minute now. And by that, I mean like a week or so? About a week, a little over a week. About a week, yeah. So it'll be, we'll be reviewing it fairly late, which is fun. Um, and the Ricky Gervais show, Afterlife. Uh, I think once April hits, we'll be starting to hit a lot of like new shows that have been developed for a hot minute. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, Josh, where can they find you on the internet? Well, before before I get to that and tell them, what, what exactly, how do you measure a hot minute? Is that measured, is that measured a with that a thermometer used... or a watch? Hold on, let me Google. Sassy. <laughs> hot. Oh, God. Definition. In the phrase... It was a hot. It wasn't a hot minute. Long or a long time can be substituted for a hot minute without altering the sense of the phrase. Similarly, if the phrase had, okay, that's, we know how to use the term hot. It's it's not that I need to know the history. I'm not concerned. I just wanted to know how you would measure a hot minute. Would it be with a thermometer or a watch? I think it would be a, be a tell us about where we can find you on the internet. Mm. That's the answer to that. Well, you just spoil my fun. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> All right. It's derivative of a New York minute. Ah. Yeah. So that's where, that's why that's a thing. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, aside, aside from pondering, you know, the uh, origins of silly little phrases that have caught on, uh, you can catch me here every Friday on All Cued Up with Greg. You can catch me every Friday night live on YouTube on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show called MPSP Theater, where me and the rest of the guys talk about a wide variety of topics and uh pop culture um you know collecting uh comics movies tv a uh, wide variety of things in pop culture uh you can find me on twitter at nsabanur1976 and instagram uh just search my name you'll find me facebook search my name you'll find me and yeah that's pretty much everywhere i am I occasionally do a show called Off the Runner, but scheduling has not let me do one in about a month now, but hopefully I'll be back on there soon. Greg, what about you? You can follow me uh, on Twitter, at ChubRockGeek. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at ChubRockGeek, although I'm way more active on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, follow me on a podcast that I do with my buddy Anthony called Mission Start, or Mission Start Podcast, where Anthony and I discuss a bunch of gaming news. Um, and I have a segment on it that I really enjoy called Why You're Wrong, <laughs> where I basically take something that irritates the shit out of me that's on the internet, and I tell people why they're wrong about it. Uh, it's therapeutic. I like it. Um, but yet the internet doesn't created... listen. 
Well, of course. But I also created it when I was not in the best frame of mind working at AMPM. <clears throat> I was very quick to be angry. So the beginning of the show, like if you watch early episodes of Why You're Wrong, you I'm just like, back on yeah. fucking idiot. And then like it's toned down significantly. Yeah. Uh, but this last episode we did, I did one on boycott and how boycotting does fucking nothing. No, it doesn't. Uh, what's that? It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Right. So uh, uh, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, pretty much any in a, a podcasting place you can find. Uh, it's Mission Start Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel called Mission Start Tubes, where uh, we put up convention coverage. Uh, we put up all the like segments of the podcast in different chunks. So if there's one specific news story you want to hear our opinion on, there you go. Um, but I'm also going to be doing short-term or short-length uh, reviews of video games. Um, Anthony will like kind of make videos of them and put them Websites are on our, oh, pardon me, on our YouTube. But yeah, uh, we also have uh, uh, Mission Start. I believe it's just missionstartpodcast.com right now. Still, uh, we're in the we're in the phases of trying to change it to missionstart.com because my my idea here, Josh, is that what's more than just should... a podcast? There's other content. Right, right, and I was just kind of like, well, we shouldn't just be Mission Start. But yeah, um, other than that, I, I mean, I, I, I throw my Twitch out there, twitch.tv slash geek, but I rarely stream on it. Uh, yeah, neither one of us have streamed in a while. A lot of that has to do with, I just, I just don't have the desire to, honestly. Like, yeah, I could stream some, some Jackbox, but Jackbox Party Pack 5 was kind of a big old, big old bop up. Yeah, it wasn't as good as 3 or 4. I mean, there are a couple of great games on that pack, but they don't have the lasting appeal as games on three and four did. Like, well, I think I think that's because like three of the five don't work that great on stream. No, they don't. <clears throat> like, I love I love you don't know Jack, but that sh that game does not work on stream very no, well. No, it doesn't. But me and like, Misty and Madison will play it here. You know, we'll just play yeah, it here yeah, between the three of us in person. It's fine. Yeah, that's just, it's really disappointing. Like, I'm really hoping that 6 maybe kind of picks that back up, because 3 was by far their best pack. Yeah, and 4 With, was really yeah, solid, too. But 3... 4 was solid. I think I think 4 still has... It's still not as good as 4 or as 3 by a long shot, but it's it's good. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, yeah fucking Murder Trivia Party, TKO, Quiplash, like, fucking solid, solid. Oh but yeah, I digress. And Gaspionage uh, too. Gaspionage is good. Um, I like that it's, more for like the cooldown. Yeah, yeah, but it's still a fun one. Yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah, enough of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you got to be heading that to work. That's, that's soon. why. That's why I haven't. Well, uh, I'm just gonna the the school that I'm working at right now is like less than fifteen minutes away. So nice. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening so much. We, we really appreciate your guys' um, Patreon, I guess the term for Patronage, yeah. Patronage? Uh, yeah, I was like, patronage doesn't sound right. Patronage. Anyway, as English is a hard language, I don't know if you've known this, uh, it's, it's a tough one to, to kind of grasp for 
the speakers of it. I'm all the time. So I'm all the time correcting gr- grammar <laughs> on words. It's funny when we're on MPSP, and he'll he'll just pronounce a word, and I'll be like, "What? What'd you say? Say that again?" And he'll say it, and I'm like, "Um," <laughs> and I hate to be that actually, but when it, with, when it's with grammar, it's just funny. I used to do it all the time on on social media. I'd always used to like if a friend went on there and made a really bad comment that just was destroyed by their grammar i'd always make fun of them and it was my go-to if i didn't have an insult and i realized that i was using that as a crutch to make fun of them because they made fun of me or whatever and i was like it's not just not funny and then i stopped doing it entirely and i'd realized that like when it's social media it doesn't fucking matter yeah the only time like grammar really fucking matters is if you're like writing a professional review or I don't know. Uploading a video to YouTube. Um, Anthony. Uh, yeah, really. But. <laughs> uh, still also, at, Anthony, uh, they're called name, after nigga. dark accounts for a reason. What's that? I was just telling Anthony to remember you have an after dark account for a reason. <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Uh, see, I just blew up. Yeah, what yeah. You so, thinking. so yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to track back. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, again, we're always willing to take shows that maybe you've watched that you want us to check out. Uh, just keep in mind they have to be on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime as an original or YouTube Red um, Premium now. Yeah, like, like sure, Happy is a fantastic show. That's all. That's on Netflix right now. But but it, it premiered on FX. Exactly. So it's unfortunately out of the running. Go watch that show because it's fantastic. It is good. Um, Chris Maloney, uh, man, he's great. It's I, I'm so excited. For that. Did you ever watch Wet um, American Summer? I've watched the film. I didn't watch the show. Okay, the shows. If you did, you enjoy the film? I don't remember. It's been years. Okay, well, all three are on Netflix, so just go. They're good. I, uh, maybe. Maybe my ass. I have a very busy schedule, sir. All right. Uh, anyway. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I kind of mentioned, I might have mentioned this in in Uninhibited, but uh, my, my, ha- my sister is technically my half-sister, and her biological mom that she fucking hey. hates for drug-related reasons. Uh, what are you hating about? Well, I didn't know if you wanted to put this out there. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. There's things I don't, but this is fine. Um, <clears throat> her, her mother, her biological mother passed away. So Monday, like we're taking this long road trip. That's like a three hour drive, picking up the ashes, visiting some family over there, having a nice burger at a place called Big Al's, which delicious, delicious burgers. Um, and then we're driving back. So, like, my Monday is just, like, swamped because of that. Yeah. I know I'm going to be tired when I get home. And there's other family member things that I'm not getting into uh, for that reason. Yeah. But there's so much going on on top of me wanting to play video games that when someone's like, hey, watch this thing. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I didn't mean drop what you're doing and drop it right now. I meant, like. I know. All right. I know. All right. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying understand that when I say no, it's not because I don't want to watch it. It's because we got a lot, I got a lot going on. Well, and that is just you say. That's just a small. Give me a week. <laughs> anyway. That's, I wouldn't even be a week. Like, that's the thing. Oh, it wouldn't I, even I be know, a week. I know, I know. Uh, All right, let's get out of here. But guys, but guys, do keep in mind, I am, I am much happier since I stopped. Yeah, so, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, again, thank you for listening. We we thoroughly enjoy doing this podcast every week. Like, I, I look forward to it. Wednesday rolls around, we go to record. I'm just like, yay! So, yeah, I appreciate you, Josh. How about that, huh? Respecting that. It's about time you did. Take care, everybody. (laughs) All right, fine. You know what? Fine.